welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode oh. 415. Mitch and I here today, we are talking to you about ranking the potential Milwaukee Bucks opponents in the postseason. Who gives us a scare? Who doesn't? Who we feel good against? Uh, we'll also talk about what will the local radio airwaves and people sitting at bars and now the CDC clearing the, the mask rule. Everyone's hanging out. Everyone's having a good time. What will people be talking about more? Will they talk about the Packers upcoming schedule or the Aaron Rodgers drama? And lastly, we will try to search for answers about the Brewers offense. Before we do all of that, Mitch, what's going on? How you doing, buddy? I'm good. It's, it's been a while. Um, yeah, dude. You and it, I have done. We, we did. I want to say it was. It was. I want to say we recorded on a Sunday, like probably two or two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, you and I. And then the following Saturday, we did one. We did the, uh, the all three of us. And then, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a good minute since you and I have have chatted. So, yeah, it is. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And we've got. A, a bachelor event this weekend um so i'm i'm trying to get the get the golf game rounded into form a little bit just enough to not embarrass myself um so that's a whole new frontier for me and uh i got some clubs now so yeah. maybe i won't you know I, i'm probably not going to actively look to golf every day or anything like that but if the opportunity presents itself uh maybe i wouldn't say no yeah, no, it's great. And that's, that's good to know. And I, I too have been trying to hone in my golf game a little bit, um, taking lessons and I'm not going to expect it to just be all rainbows and unicorns. And all of a sudden I'm Tiger Woods out there and just lighting it up. But at the same time, I do think that, that I have fixed a few things. I just, the people we are golfing with, some of us are just common folk, not really, you know, we golf on occasion and the other guys right. are cake eating all the time golfers. And yeah. I'll be honest, like, I'm sure they're great guys. I'm sure we'll have a lot of fun with them all weekend, but I don't want to golf with those fucking guys. I'll, I'll just be straight <laughs> up. If I do, it's fine, but I just kind of want to be with my boys and not, not have to worry that I'm just embarrassing myself because I, I chunked a drive or I, I fucked up an approach shot and this guy's just uh, starting to get, you know, cranky in his vineyard vines. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all, all levels of competition, I think. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's a true, uh, true event um, for that, but yeah, it should be fun. I said on the daily tap yesterday, I said, well, maybe a Chuck's corner recapping the golf performance on, on Monday. Um, so it might have to do that. We'll see. But by Monday, we'll know who the bucks probably are playing in the playoffs. It's unlikely the bucks will get the two seed. Um, they would need a Brooklyn loss um, for that to happen, I believe. Is that right, Mitch? Uh, I think they need a Brooklyn loss in there, yeah. And Brooklyn yeah. has the Bulls, and I think uh, – I just looked at it, and I can't remember. But it's No, they have the Bulls twice, two. I think, and they have someone else. Uh, but it's highly unlikely Brooklyn's going to lose. They have – they're – it's very unlikely that we'll see the Nets lose another game here down the stretch. They have, they have Chicago and Cleveland. So that's yeah. not, it's probably not going to happen. Um, Chicago does have nothing to really tank against though. Cause they don't have their pick, which is hilarious that Chicago went for it. And then them going Wasn't for right it. In the meant, yeah, not great. Not ideal. Um, because they could have a probably a top 10 draft pick instead they have but i guess you look forward and you say well vucevic levine full year whatever so it's probably likely the bucks will get a three seed but there's a chance for the two seed so we'll try to figure out you know who's going to give the bucks the most trouble who isn't and kind of power rank the entire eastern conference um and i think the last time we did this uh heading into the bubble we talked about our concerns with the heat and we talked about how Miami heat look, you know, like the team that might give the bucks the most trouble. And sure enough, we were, we were right. Although I do think there's some revisionist history on that, but we don't need to get into it. So we will start with number eight, who could be the seven seed if they beat Boston, the Charlotte Hornets. 
How do you feel about the Charlotte Hornets match? Um, well, they played one ter- terrific game against the Bucks. Goodness. Um, this year, that was another one of those stretches um, where it was like, I don't know if we're going to win a game. <laughs> I think that was that was actually that was right around that Toronto mini series yep. too, where the Bucks looked awful. I think that might have been the same losing streak. Um, uh, but, no, it was a different one. It was when they lost to New Orleans too, back to back. Right, right, right. But then I think they might have come home and played Toronto and got their ass beat again in a couple games. Um, but I could be wrong. But anyway, yeah, Charlotte. I mean, again, you know, there. I, I don't know what Gordon Hayward is is probably out. Right. I, I don't know how long he's out for. I, he hasn't played much. The injury stuff in the, across the league is I feel like you don't know who's out for the year, who's not. I did see that Victor Oladipo is out for the year. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Charlotte, they don't scare me that much. You know, no. I mean, they do have some shooters um, and they can get hot. They could steal, steal a game, but I don't know. I, they don't, they don't really scare me too much. They've, they're not as good as, as, as they, as they were. I mean, they, they kind of, they lost some momentum when LaMelo ball got hurt mm-hmm. and uh, they haven't necessarily gained it back yet. Yeah. I think if they get Hayward back, he's not going to play in the play in tournament. Um, so maybe he could play in the actual postseason, but I don't really feel like they have the team chemistry at this point to pull off a stunner. I think they have a good team, but when the chips are down, I don't think they have enough forces. I also look at their roster and I say, who's going to take Giannis for multiple games? Like, sure. You can throw Cody Zeller one time, or you can throw PJ Washington at him. But at the end of the day, Giannis is going to, pretty much dominate a series against Charlotte. So I think Charlotte would be, you know, in that upper echelon of teams you'd want to play in round one, because I really think that Charlotte has that sort of, there's something there that's pretty easy that, yeah, it's probably a five game series. And when we talk about easy and I don't think we, I, I know what I said a few months ago where I was like, Hey, Boston, I actually wouldn't mind playing in the playoffs. And then I re- retracted that. I was like, you know what? That's not exactly true. They're, they do have some guys. They have some motherfuckers. But now I go back to saying, I think Boston's the team that just wants to get the fuck home. I don't think Boston wants to be there. I think they're the Eric Bledsoe candidate. I, they're the Philadelphia 76ers of the bubble last year. I think they are just asking for someone to sweep them right out of the playoffs. Yeah. You know, before the Jalen Brown injury, I would have said, yeah, you never know. Um, they were kind of playing well. Yeah. And then, and then Jalen Brown got hurt and, and now it's, yeah, I tend to agree with you that I don't see them making a ton of noise at all. Um, it's basically a one man show, Jason Tatum, and they've been horrible defensively for most of the season and they have zero momentum whatsoever heading into the playoffs and really, yeah, no good vibes. It's just, you know, who's going to get fired, you know, is it Ainge or Stevens or, cause they're obviously not going to move, you know, Marcus Smart, I guess would be the one guy that they'd maybe trade for something, but I don't know what, you know, what you're going to get to improve the team for him, but um, they're certainly in, in shambles. Yeah. They just are not, are not the team that I think everybody expected it to be. Moves are going to be made. You summed it up nicely. I, yeah, I don't know if, and they have no size to face against the Bucks. They are another team with the lack of size could be, would be a real issue against Giannis. And it always has been when they face him. And Chris Middleton loves playing the Celtics. For whatever reason, Chris Middleton always seems to have good matchups against the Celtics and does really well against them. So that's another advantage to the Bucks. And yeah, I think the Celtics are the team, you know, that you can get. Like, it's very fortunate for you. Like, if they can somehow pull the playing game out of their ass and Brooklyn's a two-seed, it's a huge win for Brooklyn. And if they can't and they end up being the eight or they get knocked out of the playoffs altogether and don't make it, I mean, that's a real shot. Like, I, I could truly see a situation where Charlotte beats Boston, Charlotte gets the seven, Boston faces Washington in the the loser leaves home match and Washington wins. Cause I think Washington yeah. is, I mean, out of the East, I think they're one of the teams playing the best basketball right now, which is crazy to say, but they are. 
And what and I'm not a huge Russell Westbrook fan, but the guys figured it out. The guys figure out how to put the team on his back. He's looked incredible. He I'd still hate him down the stretch. It's terrible. But Washington right now is the team you probably don't want to see out of that like playing paint type teams. I I don't think Washington or Philly wants to deal with Washington for multiple games. Do you? Um, I don't know. I mean, Washington can score with anybody, no question about it. Um, but I, the Sixers can defend with anybody. So I, 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 the Sixers have more talent. I don't know. The Wizards, they're a nice story, but come on. I mean, yeah, come on, that's Josh. true. Yeah. <laughs> I All mean, right. with Beal and Westbrook, yeah, they can they can score with anybody. But it's it's a you know their defense is an issue. And I think you, you have to play some defense in the postseason. Absolutely. Um, all right. So I have it ranked from least scary to most scary Celtics and Hornets right now. We go to the New York Knicks right now, who would be the Bucks opponent in round one, the Bucks would be the, the fun runer, right? Um, the, everybody mm-hmm. loves this Knicks story. I included, um, I love Julius Randle. I just like the makeup of their team. I like that they give a shit but the Bucks would be there to try to ruin the party. And they, you know, got blown up by him early on. They had one game that didn't even count and the Bucks beat them uh, pretty handily. I think the second time they played. So it'll be, it would be an interesting matchup um, with, with the Knicks. I think I wouldn't be scared of the Knicks. I would just be annoyed at how beat up the Bucks could be after that series, because the Knicks are going to just push your ass and they're going to challenge you throughout the entire entire playoff series yeah i think the bucks win that series in five or six in fact i think the knicks are who i who i want to play oh in the first round but at the same time i'm just as you're talking and I'm, I'm thinking about it um it would be it would be sorry the bucks against the world oh and yeah it would be, and it would be like everyone's rooting for the knicks it seems like you know and by everyone, I mean national media people. Oh, yeah. Basically. I mean, it would just be because they all love Tibbs and they all love Derrick Rose and they all love Julius Randle. And it's like none of those players scare me at all. Nope. Nothing about their team scares me. Yeah. But they it... just. Oh, God. I mean, but it would just be you'd have no one rooting. You'd have no one on your side, it would feel like. Right. In a weird way, the Knicks are, or the Bucks are probably the worst matchup for the Knicks, right? Because. Julius Randle would be put in clamps by Giannis. Like, that's a bad mm-hmm. matchup for Julius Randle. Julius Randle has been really good this season, but if you look at, like, he doesn't – there's not a lot of Giannis's out there. And that no. would just be a tough matchup for him. And Giannis would take him the entire time. And, I don't know, R.J. Barrett on Chris Middleton, again, another one where I don't think R.J. Barrett's ready for a Chris Middleton defense night in, night out. Chris Middleton doesn't get the credit he deserves for being a great defender. And that would be very difficult. And you look at their point guards, Alfred Payton, Derrick Rose, Reggie Bullock. It was not a point guard, it was a shooting guard. You expect those guys to keep those guys to be on the same level and be with Drew Holiday. So yeah, I think the more we talk about it, it would be a war. And no one would like us, but I kind of maybe that's good for the Bucks. Maybe that edge would be nice to kind of have it in there and be like, no one wants you here. Just let yeah. us have this Nick story. And they just kind of become the, you know, most hated. They just shit on this parade. They win in four, they win in five, and then here we go. And they're ready to do it. Or And you could build a whole story of we're going to be the new the team in New York because you probably have Brooklyn in the second round. And that would be – you do have the New York sweep. There, You could just make a lot. That's the marketer in me thinking right now. Yeah, I mean, that's that would be fine with me. I mean, it's – I just think the Knicks present the – probably the, the, the least resistance um, or Atlanta. Yeah. We can talk about Atlanta. There are four. I was going to talk about Miami first, but let's do Atlanta since you mentioned it. I agree. I think Atlanta, nice story, but I don't think Trey young is somebody who I can trust in the playoffs. And I, I feel good about Trey young having the ball in the final three minutes that he's going to make, make the wrong decision. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he is a sneaky hothead. Oh yeah, and it, it tends to 
tends to manifest itself negatively for him. Yes. If that if 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 you get my drift and yeah. um you know, they have a lot of they have some shooters. I mean, Bogey I don't think has ever missed against the Bucks. I mean, it just no. feels like that. And and I feel like he does that against everybody. So it's kind of um you know, one of those things where you know, I I, I want to say he's a streaky shooter. Uh, I feel like a lot of their team is. Um but, you know, Atlanta has a nice team. They do. And, I, and I'm not, you know, I don't really want to, I, I think the Bucks win that probably in five or six as well against Atlanta. Um, you know, we have some recency bias with what happened in the fourth quarter of that game a couple of weeks ago where, you know, that was a really, really, really poor quarter. And, you know, the Bucks will have to obviously avoid that. Uh, but to extrapolate a series against the Hawks, I mean, I don't think, I don't think they can really hang quite as quite as much with the Bucks as they as they have shown it at in spurts this year. I think Atlanta is probably like a year away. Yeah, I would tend to agree that, and they need the playoff experience. I think, you know, when we saw the Bucks the first time in the playoffs, there was a lot of bit there was a lot of learning curve, and I think for the first time in a long time, if the Bucks were playing Atlanta, really Charlotte too, um, and the Knicks in a, in a sense where the Bucs will be the veteran team in the playoff, the veteran playoff team. And yeah. they haven't been that. And so the shoe will be on the other foot. And I think some of the mistakes that drove us crazy about the Bucs early on, this is pre-Bud even, I think those mistakes you'll see manifesting with that those those teams. And so I, I think, yeah, Atlanta is an ample opportunity. And then the last team that you could play in the first round is the Miami Heat. And I know everybody – is getting excited about the Miami Heat. They're hot. They're beating the shit out of the Sixers as we tape right now. The Sixers are have all their guys playing. Embiid's playing. Simmons is playing. And they're beating the shit out of them. If this Heat team got hot at the right time, this is unfortunate for all of us. Maybe the most unfortunate yeah. is Philly, honestly, because if they're a four or five, then that means Philly has to deal with that in the second round. And all of a sudden, this whole idea that the one seed was better, it's not, not so glamorous. I still don't believe that the Heat are as good as they were last year. And I'm, I'll be on that island. I'm okay with that. Um, so let me ask you this before I ask you about the Heat. And now we can give the full opinion. But my one question I have for you is, Bucks play Heat on, on Saturday. I don't yeah. care if the two seeds at reach. Just let the Heat win that game. Don't let the Heat fall to six just keep the heat around the four or five it's not that i'm afraid of the heat i'm not i'm just afraid of the team who's really hot heading into the playoffs that's what i'm afraid of. So you are suggesting that professional athletes charlie yes let a team win a game yes well and not, you know that people people are going to lose their minds if they lose that game oh i know well I'm not saying I'm saying like rest Giannis. I'm saying rest Middleton, rest Holiday, literally rest the fucking team. Let Alex Tupain, XL Tupain, put up fucking twenty shots. I know he has uh, a big injury. I. So you disagree? I, I would rather just, uh, dude. You, you're going to rest everybody for both games. This not weekend? for both games. No, play against Chicago the following day. I guess it's your last home game. I guess you could argue you owe it to the fans to be out there. Yeah, and I mean, the Saturday could it could certainly still mean something. I mean, I, I just here's the, here's here's my concern. No, it's it's twofold. I'm not concerned about the Heat. I don't give a fuck about the Heat. What I am worried about is would you be showing your hand too much in terms of what you want to do in the postseason against the Heat? Yeah, that that's and, fair. And. I mean, if they want to keep all their guys out there but play a vanilla-ass offense and defense, which will drive people crazy, I might have to do, like, a PSA. I might have to schedule a tweet because I'll forget when we're at the bachelor party. And I'll have to just say, like, PSA, don't expect the Bucks to do anything special tonight. It's going to be very vanilla. They're not going to show the Heat a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, the fire bug people will come out and be like, oh, my God, like, they got beat by the Heat, like you said. People will lose their mind. I just, I don't want to give the Heat any sort of advantage. 
And if that is your round one team, which I don't think it will be, they have Philly, they have Philly today and they're winning then Milwaukee and Detroit. So if they win that game tonight, they're 39 and 31. They're tied with the Hawks. The Hawks are playing the magic. They're winning. I, yeah, the heat have the advantage against the Knicks. So if they keep winning, man, and the Knicks right now are losing to the Spurs, it's in the third, but that would, that would maybe secure the heat at the five spot. And then it might not matter. And then it's just a measuring stick game. So who knows? Yeah. And we'll, we'll see, but I'm not that afraid of the heat. I just don't think they're the same team. I know they're playing good basketball, but I'd have to kind of page through that schedule to be like, are we sure they're not just beating up on bad teams? Boston twice, Minnesota, Charlotte, Cleveland, San Antonio, Chicago. They lost to Chicago once and they lost to Dallas. So in that stretch, since the 24th, they, they have won six of their last eight. Their two losses are to a very successful Dallas team and to Chicago. And, oh, by the way, before they started going on the streak, they lost to Atlanta. So to, to kind of extrapolate it out more, they're 10-3, and three, and their three losses, two of them are to playoff teams. And yeah. you've only beat one – you've only beat some play-in teams in the process. So riddle me that. Yeah, they – They've beat. I mean, the, probably their best win there is what San Antonio. They they also beat Bro- they beat Brooklyn to lead it off. But that Brooklyn game, they didn't they didn't have Durant, so it was just Kyrie, uh, and they won by two. Took okay. a Bam out of bio shot at the end to win it. I mean, yeah, as long as Jay Crowder isn't wearing a Miami Heat uniform, I'm not, not as not I'm not as worried um, as I would be. And again, Oladipo is out. Yep. Uh, Trevor Ariza has been pretty good for them. Uh, I would imagine he would be a surprising piece to the quote unquote wall that Miami would build. He'd be, he'd be like, Oh my fucking God, Trevor Ariza is taking charges and shit. My God. And he'd be throwing something through your window. I know I would be, but um, I can, I can feel it and and see it coming. Um, I mean, obviously, yes. If we're going to power rank first round opponents, Miami is, is my, my least desirable. Yeah, of those of those opponents. I mean, it's. Uh, I just, you know, I I get that's probably a seven game series. Yeah, unfortunately, and, that, and then you have to deal with Brooklyn the next round, and Brooklyn and then, could be able to sweep Cleveland or um, Charlotte, excuse me, or Boston, and then they're they're ripe and ready to play. And then it would be oh, Giannis is a fraud. They went for seven games in the first round, and because in the NBA, if you lose a game, you're you're the worst player in the league. Right. So, um, God, the reactionary nature, I hate it, but what, it's, um, it's just, it's just what, that's what it would be. How are you feeling at this point against, um, against either Brooklyn or Philly? Do you feel pretty confident in those games? I mean, Brooklyn just got hard back. Um, do you feel, feel like the Bucks are in a good spot against those teams? Do you feel like it, they, are a notch below them. Where are you kind of at at this point? You know, obviously, well, change. it's the it's the the million dollar question. Let's just let's throw the cards out. Eh? I mean, it's uh you know, with Brooklyn, you 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 beat them two games at home. It's close games. They were not really um, statement wins or anything like that. You you snuck them out, and Brooklyn did not have James Harden. I mean, if you put a gun to my head in a series, I probably can't go against Brooklyn. Um, but I'm not going to act like it's it's impossible. Right. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where they everything would have to go right. I mean, Giannis would have to be an MVP in that series. He would have to be, you know, superstar level players. He's he's one against three, I suppose. Um, in terms of you know. Because you know Middleton and Holiday are very very good players. They're they're all stars, but they're not they're not superstars. But Giannis would have to be, if not the best player in that series, you know he'd have to be right there with Durant or or somebody. And you know Brooklyn. I mean, you know a lot of people are expecting them to just go ahead and you know start rolling, and we'll see. I mean, the way that they play is they're all pretty unselfish. I think um, now Durant hunts his own shots quite a bit and Kyrie will harden is harden, but 
Harden is Harden and that he has also been a notorious playoff choker. Yep. So he's going to have to sort of overcome that. It's a little bit easier when you've got Kevin Durant, who's probably the best player in the league, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. Um, I don't care about LeBron. Um, it's going to be a little bit easier for Harden to overcome some of those demons, but yeah, I mean, Brooklyn has a lot, has a lot to, has a lot to prove as well. I think all three of these teams do. Um, Philly doesn't scare me as much. I mean, Embiid is a nightmare, but I think that, uh, you know, the Bucks do have some size to, to make it tough for him. And if you can, if you can sort of let Embiid get his, you can probably shut down the rest of the team. You know what I mean? Like sometimes teams do that against the box with Giannis where it's just, we'll let Giannis get, that's kind of what Brooklyn was doing in those games where they were just letting Giannis eat and trying to shut down the other guys. They didn't do a very good job. And certainly the first game um, they were, they were trying to trying to shut everybody else down. Um, But I think that's a way you could possibly, you know, take advantage of Philly. I don't know if they have, you know, Ben Simmons is not a superstar. A lot of people try to make no. him that, but but he's just not. I mean, he, he's a he's a really talented and you know <laughs> he he's a pretty good player, but he's he he's not a superstar. And I, I think you know in that series, Brooklyn, uh, Bucks, and Philly, it's Embiid and Giannis, and you know it's the supporting cast of of the other of the which 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 supporting cast shows up more. And in home games, you know, the Bucks would not have the home court advantage in that series. They, they might not in either of those series, unfortunately. Uh, role players tend, tend to play better at home. Bucks are going to have 50% fans, which seems like that's going to be, as of this moment, going to be um, one of the higher numbers in, in the postseason. And uh, hopefully, Pfizer Forum, you know, 9,000 fans should make a big difference compared to what we've been seeing all year. And um, it's going to be going to be massive. But I'll let well, you talk now. Well, yeah, no, no worries. That was great. Um, I think I do want to with the Fiserv part. I mean, AmFam is open on the 25th of June fully um, mm-hmm. with the new COVID rules falling off, the restrictions falling off. June 15th is when it ends for the city. I have to think the Bucks are trying to make sure that they have full fans by June 15th and that they are full by the Brooklyn series. I don't know. That's probably where we would be, would be full fans for the Brooklyn series. And that would be a massive advantage. And it, that makes that San Antonio game. I said it yesterday, but it just hurts, right? It's like, yes. how do you lay that egg after with all that's on the line? And maybe they just don't give a shit. And and I know Brooklyn well, was hot or uh, San Antonio was hot in that game. I get it. As as Giannis said after one of the games, in in terms of seating, it does not matter. So apparently <laughs> well, they knows, don't give man. a fuck. Who knows? Well, we'll be talking about it next week. Kind of getting ready for the playoffs. As it won't be till I think this weekend. So we won't we won't have playoff basketball till Saturday and Sunday. But it's glad it's back. It'll be a lot of fun to kind of watch that all summer. And it'll maybe distract us a little bit from what's ever going on with the Packers. Who knows what that will be, um, whether that's the Aaron Rodgers drama, um, which has quieted now because the schedule came out, Mitch. As you know, they were just trying to bridge that gap, and they did it beautifully. But now Mm -hmm. the schedule's out. Everybody's talking matchups, getting excited. A lot of hype around Tampa Bay, New England already, as you'd imagine. Um, a lot of hype for some of the big Packer games, whether it's against the Chiefs, the Niners, Seahawks yet again. The two match, a lot of primetime games. Got to think our buddies who love the noon starts are sick um, because there's not many defined in that in that schedule for the Packers. So let me ask you, what do you think people are going to be talking more about? Do you think you're going to be talking more about the the drama or do you think they'll just start you know going over the schedule as many different ways they can i think the schedule will get their 15 minutes of fame but ultimately give it less than a week and we'll be back to the roger stuff we'll find so, a new nugget i done i will right right exactly. i don't will break a story and all of a sudden it's like here we go again because it's oh, like yeah, all it's, right 
the schedule stuff is is sort of going to dominate probably the rest of this week and the early part of next week. Somebody else will open their mouth about Aaron Rodgers, and it'll 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 be right back to the forefront. Certainly locally, um, they do talk they do talk about it a lot nationally, but I think it's kind of the same BS. Right, and it's just you know not potentially not as informed talk you know what i mean which is an yeah. issue nationally but oh yeah that's fine that's that's what that's what happens well nationally and, um, nationally it's just it's all about the player the player's right there's no one really there to criticize aaron Rodgers, and i don't think Ro- i think rogers has less criticism than some other people like say deshaun watson for example this is pre like all the sh- bad shit that happened to him mm-hmm. um but i i think that uh not that happened to him that he did to people whatever i i bungled that but you guys get what i mean the aaron Rodgers part is like aaron Rodgers should get criticized a little more and i think local does a good job of that the national it's like oh it's not your fault there and it's not your fault and then he has like a pr unit with pat mcafee who's always there to like be in his corner and i get it and pat does a great job i love pat but let's be real. He is not the objective voice you need to be talking about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's got Rodgers has been, has done a lot for Pat McAfee. Right. I mean, Rodgers yeah. hardly ever talks and McAfee's got basically a direct pipeline. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that that's a good point about nationally and just, it, it, well, because nationally they want, they want to drum up the drama. Oh yeah. More so than I think locally is, you'll get, you get more rational talk. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, it's, it's very similar to like the honest situation. It's not the same, but it's, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty I, similar where it's, where it's like, that... we just, we've sort of, we sort of have pulled shit out of, not out of our ass. I mean, it, there, there's definitely fire to the smoke, but you know, it, it is drummed up. Right. And, and they have to do that. And as it's been, as it's been noted, um, they basically it was all started by san francisco i mean the story is real but the reason it got leaked out was because of the 49ers and Mm -hmm. if it's not for the 49ers we don't even know this story the story is maybe there's some rumblings of i'm here to earn aaron Rodgers is unhappy but who knows maybe it, it it stays quiet it stays like red china the fact that it hadn't got out until then until the nfl draft you think about where that, how the NFL calendar works. It's crazy that it it waited that long. I I did think it was interesting um, going kind of to the schedule side of things. Car- Charlotte Carey of the NFL scheduling team said to Good Morning Football this morning about Green Bay having four national televised games to start 2021. Packers are a great football team. We hope 12 is under center, but if he's not. We are still all in on the Packers. They're a big brand and have a huge national following. Yeah. So I, I, that's spot on. But I also found that interesting in what she's saying without saying it. She's saying two things. One, hey, if 12's under center, we're going to have all those storylines for all the networks. I don't know if you caught this, Mitch, but in those four national games, all the, the networks get the Packers in the first four weeks. Starts with Fox, it goes to ESPN, NBC, CBS. The Packers aren't that's, on a consecutive network to start the season. Funny how that fantastic. works, right? Right, exactly. Right? So they can all they can all rehash it. Yes, yes. It'll be incredible to hear Nance and Romo for the fourth fucking week talk about the same goddamn shit we've heard for the first three. Yeah. And if Aaron Rodgers isn't under center, and we got Blake Bortles leading the charge with Jordan Love, then it's everything else. And they're like, we can still talk about this. It might be a shit pumping, but we can at least have this conversation. And, and yeah. And so that is it's the best of both worlds. So yeah, and the Packers do put ass in the seat. She's not wrong by that. But I do, I do think it's like, yeah, there is not a team that has the storylines that the Green Bay Packers do heading into next season. They just don't. Yeah, it's just, it, it's... There's a lot, there's a lot there. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like the whole quarterback drama is going to be, is going to carry us uh, Oh yeah. all the way, yeah. all the it's... way through till something happens. And, and then some, I mean, 
Right. And, it, know, and nothing's Rod... going to happen until June 1st. I'll tell you that. So we all know that. Yeah. And... And I, I think if I were, and I'm not trying to, and I know you tell me this all the time and it's like, they have four hours to fill. I get it. But if I were a local radio show at this point for the next 15 days, if there's no new news, I wouldn't really talk about Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not saying like, if it comes up naturally, fine, fuck it. Talk about him. But if it, if it's not like, it should not be part of your, of your show program for the next 15 days, when you get close to the June 1st, which I think is a Tuesday. Okay. Start kind of talking a little more about it. Ramp it up. It'll be right after Memorial day, which is one of the worst days of the year is the, the Tuesday after Memorial day. Now I won't be in the office. It'll still suck, but it's never a fun day. And then if you have the Aaron Rodgers news, which nothing will really happen on June 1st, which I'm going to laugh at. I might have to tweet Rob Domofsky and be like, hey, June 3rd, still nothing's happening. Hope you didn't set an alarm. Just want to make sure, like, you're good. You're not setting your alarms each day for something. Because he was on all the national media like, oh, yeah, June 1st of the day. It's, it's an, it is a day where the money changes, but it's still an arbitrary date. Nothing. It doesn't mean shit until training camp gets closer and closer. And the far, if you remember, the Farb drama, and I, and they're different. I, I agree, but the Farb drama went on until early August, late July. I, I remember I was at home. I was in, I, I was I, yeah, I was probably getting ready to go up to Eau Claire, and I remember the news being like Brett Favre traded to the New York Jets, and I was like, wow. Yeah. And it was right before family night. That's right. Because then Aaron Rodgers gets booed on family night, which, trust me, that would have happened in, like, peak Twitter. I mean, that would have been, whew. Packer fans would not have been remembered fondly for that. But, you know, even if I, I'm on more Aaron Rodgers' side, I'm not as gung-ho as our guy Murph. But if it is ends up being Jordan Love, well, we'll figure it out. And we'll make it happen. And I'll try to spin, spin the shit out of it, as I usually do. Try to be positive about it because it's all you can be as a fan and, and realize that they really fucked it up and now they kind of got to live with it, which would be terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to make jokes, but it's just, it's so hard to, to get your, as Matt LaFleur put it, to get your mind to go to that place where, where they would actually trade Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty crazy to think. Um, not saying it, it wouldn't happen. They'd get quite a haul. They'd get the Russell Wilson package probably. That was that was leaked to the media from the Chicago Bears. Oh yeah. Um, which would be it, it might be different than that. It might be better, but um, it's kind of tempting to think about. Oh, a little which bit. Is, I, I think I think that's part of the reason why people get tempted to think about it because it's you know, and maybe that's why the Packers are tempted tempted to do it because. It's a different way. It's a different path. It's a different way to, to win. Um, right. That's the tr- trendy way to win is to have a quarterback on a rookie deal. And, you know, you, you're able to spend a lot on defense and, you know, but you have to get tons of production out of your, out of your, you know, rookie quarterback and rookie scale quarterback. And, you know, we don't, we don't know anything about Jordan Love. That's, that's the big, that's the issue here. Yeah. No question about it, man. So, well, from, the quarterback uncertainty to the uncertainty about the Brewers offense. We have the Milwaukee Brewers who are struggling. Um, It's not been a good month of May for the crew. Um, You know, a lot of winnable games there. I think maybe that's the most frustrating part, right? Is that they've, they've had real opportunity to win a lot of these games and they've just screwed it by either some bad pitching early on or just not enough offense. And I don't really know what the solution is for this team. I don't really know like what's the fix. I think there are some people who would want Andy Haynes fired. I don't know. I, I, I guess my point with that is just my only reason why maybe I'm there a little bit is the same shit happened last year. I was told it was the pandemic. I was told that, it was because there was no video um, and now it's still happening. And these guys were apparently hungry. So what's happened? What's gone wrong? And I, 
I could point out some things, but I guess from your end, where are you, where are you at with this offense? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's early and it's still early yeah. in the season. Yep. Only a month in, a um, little over a month. It's, uh, it, they are, so the, the lineup isn't very good to begin with. I, I think we can we can admit that, right? Yeah, I think. And then you've point, got they put a tremendous amount of pressure on Keston Hira, and that has blown up to this point. That is, um, I don't know if anyone. I, I mean, I thought about that like the other day. Like Keston Hira is in the fucking minors right now. Like not only not only did the first base experiment not work, the dude's not even you know on the team, and you know there's still time obviously for him to turn it around but you know they were I think they were expecting him to be a, a two three four hitter all year long and it hasn't worked that way and then Christian Yelich had has this has this lingering back issue that they can't pinpoint exactly what the problem is and now it sounds like we got some good news on Thursday right that he um or maybe it was Wednesday that he's that he's he took some BP and stuff so Maybe he's on the comeback trail and hopefully it's, he's here to stay. Um, but they are very injured and, you know, a lot of teams are injured. I know that's, that's a big talking point on, on a lot of brewer games that you watch on the broadcast. You know, a lot of teams are injured. Nobody's really hitting. I don't know what, what there is to that, but um, you know, the pitching is really good in baseball too. I mean, but there, there, there is an issue. I mean, I, I just think the lineup wasn't very good to begin with. Then you you know you take out four or five opening day starters uh, at any given time, and you're left with you know Billy McKinney, who has come back down to earth quite a bit after a nice yeah, two I week can't stretch. Remember, I can't remember the last Billy McKinney hit. I don't know what your favorite Billy McKinney uh, hit of May is, but it's, he had one on Thursday like, off Jack Flaherty. He did oh, have that's one right. On he had pinch hit. That was the first one in so, a long time, though. Yeah, he was down to two oh five. I was watching the at bat and. Uh, you know, he was he was sitting around 300 for a while, but right. Yeah, no, he's it's just, it's, it's just a lot of injuries and, and I think a lack of talent. I mean, a, a, a hitting coach. There's some blame there probably, but those guys are like more closer to like a babysitter. Yep. Than some than somebody that can actually make a huge difference. I mean, there's there's hitting coaches that you know their job is to be there basically for a, a you know a position player around the clock. I think if, if uh, Omar Narvaez wakes up in a cold sweat at two in the morning uh, because he went over five with four strikeouts and he wants to go get some swings in the cage at three in the morning, I think Andy Haynes has to, has to get his ass out of bed and get down to whatever batting cage he needs to be at and, and be there, you know, stuff like that. Maybe that's an extreme example, but, I mean, that dude, nobody puts more hours in than a, than a hitting coach. I guarantee right. it. And, right. you know, you know, when it gets to a point you need a change, then, yeah, you need a change. But um, I don't think we're quite there yet. It's just, let's see. Let's get Yelich back. Let's maybe get Keston here back at some point and um, see if this team can just get hot at some point. Right. And I I think right now – and I don't really understand the lineup that Craig Council and I'm not a big Craig Council critique guy because he's one to three straight playoffs. He's kind of in that Ted Thompson realm of he's done so much that I think it's foolish to question what he's done. That said, I don't really understand this lineup right now. I understand they're lefty heavy, but when you're facing a righty, why isn't your lineup Colton Long, Avi Garcia, Omar Nervaez, Travis Shaw, Lorenzo Cain, Danny Double Cheese, Urias, and Jackie Bradley Jr. To me, that seems like a more balanced attack. Like, why is Nervaez hitting sixth and he's batting 352? That makes no yeah. sense. And I understand the sample isn't that big, but well, this guy should be up in the order. There's, he was he, be, he was before he got hurt. Wasn't right, he? Wasn't he well, that's a good That is a good point. He's, he was hitting second, so maybe council was trying to get him acclimated back to the roster, and that's part of it. And he, so he's trying to acclimate him back, and so maybe this weekend we'll see Narvaez up towards the top. But 
look, I like Lorenzo Kane. He had a nice play in the outfield today, but he's not hitting the ball, striking out a lot. He needs to be lower in the order. Jack Bradley Jr. is really struggling. Again, lower in the order. Oh, so, yeah. so you can't and, – and I think Shaw cleanup is fine or hitting fifth or third even um, because he's a clutch-ass hitter. He's been the most clutch brewer on this team. So you have to keep him in run-producing situations. But this Brewers team needs to needs to sort of figure out a couple different things and try some new shit and see what works. You know, I I think Tyrone Taylor should be probably playing a little bit more. Um, if Kane and Bradley Jr. are struggling, have Tyrone Taylor take hacks for the first seven innings. You can bring Kane or Bradley Jr. in for defense in the – eighth and ninth like I have no problem with that but I, I just think there needs to be a little more innovation and you know hopefully there's some time to get right I mean if you want to be on the positive side of things you're facing a Atlanta team that can't pitch that has really struggled that has a bad bullpen now Ian Anderson who they're facing tonight he's a really good pitcher um, but after that you know they've they've had some trouble and if you get to that bullpen, oh, it's Drew Smiley tomorrow. Drew Smiley's a gas can. If they can't, if they can't put up four runs on Drew Smiley, like might have to have a real conversation. It's Drew Smiley stinks. He's bad. Um, and then well, again, I mean, you know, I, I'm getting really tired of every game. It's the sixth inning, and they have two hits and no runs. I mean, it's just, but that was so so that get was ready. That was the problem last year, though. This is exactly what we went through last year. This was the same fucking shit. And so that's where I'm like, all right, what what do we need to do different? But, I mean, the light could be at the end of the tunnel just offensively because of Yas Yelich back. The Braves have a, a bad bullpen that you can take advantage of. And then you play Kansas City. And then, and then you go to Cincinnati. And Cincinnati, I know, is playing well at home. They, it's still a bandbox. You can still hit home runs. You can feel good about yourself. It's going to get warmer by then. So, and Cincinnati, when it's warm, that ball flies. So they have yeah. some real opportunity here in the next 10 games to kind of start feeling good about themselves again. And then you welcome the Padres the following week, and that's going to be a good test. So get your mind right for the next 10 games, and let's see where we're at. And I, I think just try some new shit. Hopefully Yelich can come back this weekend. And if not this weekend to start the road trip, um, that'd be great. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not fully panicking. I just think I'm at the point of, well, this is looking like 2020 and we were a 500 team. So I hope that's not what we're seeing again. Cause you're right. We're wasting a lot of good fucking pitching because of this. Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know where you turn you know, in terms of lineup at the moment. I mean, there isn't a lot, uh, I don't know. There aren't a lot of reinforcements. Yeah. No, uh, I, I, I hear Peterson. you. No, there, you're right. There isn't a lot of guys that are, are there. I know someone. I do agree with you that Tyrone Taylor should probably play more, but then I, when you said that, I'm like, yeah, but I'm thinking about it. Like the Brewers are so matchup heavy. Yeah. They're so, they're so ready lefty heavy for the most part that, you know, you're never going to see Tyrone Taylor against the righty. No, you're He's not you're good pro- enough. I mean, it, it just goes back to like a lack of talent and, you know, the, the organizational strategy of, you know, of being the Tampa Bay Rays where it's like, you know, you, you don't, you know, it, you don't have a Goldschmidt or Aaron Arenado. I mean, you just don't have those guys. Certainly yeah. not Yelich. Yelich yeah. is the closest thing. Yeah, Yelich is that like, guy. When they have Yelich, they yeah. have that guy. But they yeah. and you could argue that without Yelich and without Hira, you're missing 10 home runs basically right now. And so if you're 10 home runs, you do the math there, and that that's a story of your offense, right? You know, you're not expecting all those to be solo. And ipso facto, you you have a bad offense again. Does that yeah, make sense just- or not really? Yeah, I mean, you just you, you need those guys in the in the middle of your lineup. I mean, just those guys that 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 defy matchups. I mean, where you know, I think I was thinking about that watching the game on Thursday. Like, 
Arenado and Goldie. That sucks. They're both righties. I mean, I would, if I was them, I'd love to have, you know, two studs in the middle of my lineup, one hits left, one hits right, but it doesn't fucking matter with those guys. I mean, those guys, they can, they could hit a submarine or, you know, they could hit, you know, they could hit anything and it just doesn't matter. And the Brewers don't, they rely on matchups and playing the numbers and yada, 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 and not on feel, which is why everybody argued for a day there about the whole, the whole bunting argument came up again a lot on uh, on Wednesday. I think it was on, on a lot of talk shows because the Brewers were one for 15 with runners in scoring position on Tuesday. And, you know, the whole small ball versus, you know, modern baseball came up and, you know, the Brewers are a modern baseball team. Bunting is bunting at small ball is not something on their, on their radar. And that's fine. Um, but again, just they just they don't really have the talent, and you know they're they're getting by on on very very good pitching, and that's how they built their team, and that's okay. I guess we just have to kind of live with live with the subpar offense. If you can just get you know an average offense, this team should be pretty good in theory. Absolutely, no, I I completely agree. Well, we'll see what happens, man. We'll uh, we have a long way to go this baseball season, and. Sure, next week, who knows? Maybe who are feeling great. Maybe they just go through and start dumping it on Atlanta, and it's like, oh, everything's cured. Never know. Baseball is a funny sport like that. Um, you, have, you have bad months, but as long as the yeah. Brewers are around 500 for the month of May, I don't think there's really much to worry about, and it'll, it'll be all right. But uh, that does it for today. I don't have anything else unless you do. No, that's it. I'm just getting, getting ready for the weekend. You bet. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun one. Well, I will see you tomorrow and uh, we'll see you tappers on Monday and we'll uh, we'll talk who the Bucks playoff opponent is. We'll recap what happens with Brewers Braves and anything else that comes down the pipeline. Maybe it's time for another Aaron Rodgers story from the national media, too. So who knows? All right, guys, take care of yourself. Have a good uh, good weekend. We'll talk tomorrow on Monday. Peace.